Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Even at like seven, I was very cheap, and I'm like, I'm gonna have this this shirt for a long time. I can't even comprehend this question. I wouldn't want land. I wouldn't want animals. I don't want any of that. I don't want scenery. I don't want space. No, it didn't look like... I don't like, want open spaces at all. It didn't look like there was a... within miles of that place. I'm out. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Very excited. Fired up for Cofield and Company on a Wednesday. Good show. Be careful out there. It's starting to rain in different parts of town, so uh, don't drive like a, a lunatic. Don't rip your tires off and ride on your rims. We'll have updates on Marshawn Lynch as we have more of the details on the former Raider and his arrest the other morning. Justin Watkins is in studio with us. That's another reason to be fired up. This is like olden times. You used to be in every week, but because of COVID the last couple of years, you know, we've been doing the show remotely, and you've been down the line, and sometimes we're out at the uh, Battle Warren Broadcast Center. What's up? Oh, man, I think this is the first time I've ever been on the top of the show that hasn't been Festivus, too, which okay. is, I, I like it. I like being in studio with the whole intro, um, and it's actually w- your guys' show yesterday I was listening to on the way home that got me fired up to try Hard Knocks for the very first time. I've never right. watched a season. I've never watched an episode, but you guys were so fired up and talked about how it was going to affect your day so much. And I was like, all right, uh, finally you got, I don't know what you guys said in particular, but it got me and I watched an episode. That's coming up in about 14 minutes. I'm telling you, it does set up my entire day. (laughs) I watched the Jamal Williams speech repeatedly, repeatedly. And if folks, if you didn't watch Hard Knocks, we're not going to spoil it for you until later. We're going to play that speech. And then that's like, that's (laughs) like, that's my existence. Every day. I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. All right. So we got some breaking news coming out. Let's get to it. It's the three on Cofield and Company. So Justin is a true local. Uh, went to Oregon State and uh, San Diego, right? For law. Yep. yep. University but of San Diego. You follow UNLV. Yep. And you know, we all want to see UNLV do well. Adam went to UNLV. So they have some good news today. I know they've been working on this for a while. You know, there hasn't always been the most consistent uh, television coverage of live sporting events for UNLV, aside from national deals. And then a lot of the stuff recently has been on the Mountain West Network or the Mountain West website, which they try. But I mean, I see the complaints every year. It's a, there's a, a rough lag. Um, so in a partnership with Fox, they're actually going to start something up at Fox 5, Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network. And I don't know all the programming that they're going to have on there, but I do know this, that uh, over 100 Rebel contests, we're talking across multiple sports programs. This is not just for football or men's basketball. I'm guessing a lot of Lady Rebels are going to be on there. Um, I'm assuming baseball, softball, you know, a lot of the other sports that they're successful in has found a home here. So it's going to be on Cox Channel 125. Um, also, broadcast channel 5.2. I think there's pretty widespread distribution on uh, their satellite availability as well. So we'll get more details on that. So I think this is really cool. This is really cool. And keep in mind, at the beginning of every, you know this, Adam, at the beginning of every Runner Rebel season, there are a handful of games where they're playing, you know, other, we'll call them, you know, mid-major or lower opponents. And sometimes they're not televised. And that stream that we get over the years has just been 
not great. So they're actually going to be on TV. So this is a really big move for UNLV. I think it's awesome. I mean, especially that it's going to be, you know, through a, a local affiliate of Fox and that they're going to do other sports programming too. I would imagine like their volleyball team is Mountain West champs, right? They have a good golf program. I would think, I would hope that some of that stuff's going to be on there. You know, it's funny you mentioned like I went to Oregon State for undergrad and University of San Diego for, for law school. Growing up here, I mean, we had obviously the basketball program, but there wasn't enough, I think, exposure to the other parts of UNLV that I felt any particular connection to the school. I felt connected to the basketball program, but not the school. And so, you know, my daughter's in volleyball. My, my oldest, my youngest is in gymnastics. UNLV doesn't have a gymnastics team, I don't believe. But my my daughter goes to the UNLV women's volleyball camp during the summer. If those games are going to be on TV, I guarantee you my daughter's going to want to watch it. And she's going to feel a connection to that. So, I mean, I'm just saying down the road, mm -hmm. when we talk about how we miss local recruits on whatever sport it may be, something like this will have an impact on that. Yeah, and I, I, you mentioned the, you know, looking for a distributorship more on some of the satellite packages and, and stuff as well. Hopefully that does continue to happen. Um I'll get, I'm sure I'm going to get Cox again, as you probably will too, and just for this channel, and then keep the streaming services as well, because we love doing that, uh, but I think it's cool, and by the way, it's already on, like, I don't think people have actually tried to tune in to 5.2, because I don't know how many people do that, do it, they're showing cool stuff right now, I was actually talking to the Channel 5 guys about this a couple weeks ago, like, they're just showing old games right now. I watched like an old uh, Tim Tebow at Florida ACC championship game, whatever, or oh, really? SEC championship game. I think it was on. Uh, there was like some old ACC. I think they have a ton of ACC football and basketball on right now that they just show all day <clears throat> as, they're, as they're trying to get ready people ready for this sports channel that's coming up. So kind of cool that it's already out there. And like I like that when they don't announce anything. They just kind of let people discover that something's out there, and it's out there right now. Yeah, we're going to talk to uh, Kevin Bollinger from Fox 5 at some point later in the week, and Eric Harper is going to come on with us, the AD. At UNLV, that'll be tomorrow. So I saw this weird headline. LVCVA approves funding for 2023 Pro Bowl in Las Vegas. Am I missing something here? What did they say what it was? What do you mean? I mean, I don't know that the Pro Bowl is going to take on the same form. Okay. Because I was under the impression, like, it was just gonzo. They're trying to reinvent it? I think that's going to be the plan. Okay, they're not getting rid of like Pro Bowl weekend. No, I again, I don't. I'm not reporting this. I just think from some of the conversations that have been had, I feel like they're going to try to reinvent something. They're going to try to have something in that place because I do think the game, the Pro Bowl game as we know it, is probably done. But I think they're going to do some events or some other things around it to try to make it cool again. Numbers say the game drew nearly 30,000 people from out of town and, and uh, economic impact of $54 million this last time around. So, yeah, And a lot of people, again, I still think that it's, it's ridiculous to have the Super Bowl here. Because we get more people when there's not a Super Bowl here than when there is a Super Bowl here. Uh, but Pro Bowl is a time when nobody else would come. Pro Bowl is a time where you can get people to come into town. Uh, we were there last year for the skills competition. The practices were drawing a bunch of people to LV Ballpark. The game, people didn't love being in the stands, but it, it drew people. People were there to see it. And I think there's cool things that you can do around it. I think you can make the skills competition into a much cooler thing and have people watching it and be a part of that. So I, I just think there's things they can do and events they can build around not having a dumb game. And by the way, it'll always go down as Max Crosby ruining the Pro Bowl. That will always be a thing for here from here on forward. 
Max Crosby destroyed the Pro Bowl. Why? He tried. And, and not even tried. He he in his mind he said he went like thirty to forty percent, and he dominated at because th- everybody else is going five to ten percent, and I think that's what showed p- people like okay this is just silly like what they're trying to play half effort flag football <laughs> right and he's dominating by walking on a pass rush and it's like okay this is very stupid so I think Max Crosby ruined the Pro Bowl forever which is a good thing not a bad thing what do you think of Adam's statement about we shouldn't have the Super Bowl here. I know what he's saying. I mean, I, I like Vegas is the venue that's going to add value to an event that otherwise wouldn't draw. Um, I think if they did that Pro Bowl week, kind of like UFC does Fight Week, right? Yeah. You got all these events and make it all over town. Do something out at the the DLC in Henderson at the Las Vegas ballpark. You know, when the when the MSG sphere is done, that would be cool. We have some of the best arenas in, in the world here, and they could, you know. I think draw different aspects of locals and tourists so you don't have to all be packed in one place for that week and turn it into something something cool. But the, the game itself would be the least enticing for me. A cool skills competition that's reinvented in some way. There's money on the line, something like that. I love, you know, charity. They, they came up with the catch thing last year, which didn't go over well because I don't think the players even understood what they were doing when they got here. They got on the field and said, we're doing what? It was basically a slam dunk, slam dunk competition for wide receivers, hmm. where they had to, they could use props, they could, you know, do whatever they wanted to do, jump and flip into something and make a catch on the way. It was a slam dunk contest. Very cool idea. It didn't work, but I think with some time, that's the kind of thing that could develop into something fun. I was watching, don't ask me why, super old school skills competition things with, you know, the quarterbacks throwing as far as they can. Mm-hmm. That yeah. might destroy their shoulder, but. Things like that. like Get creative. Come up yeah. with some stuff. Cunningham won that every year. Yes. Like 77, 78 <laughs> yards every punt, year. Give me a punt pass kick competition yeah. for the for the, for the the pro players. Dude, Something. Dude, do it in the MSG sphere with like having a Madden co- tournament. Yeah. Like have them play Madden. Yeah. Go to the, go to the you know, the game zone over at Luxor. What's it called? What's their sports arena there? Yeah. Their Whatever e-sports the e-sports thing is. Yeah. yeah. Do it there. I think there's a bunch of cool ideas to do there. I, I tend to agree with, with Adam about like. The Super Bowl, I mean, I want to have it here just to say we had it here once. Um, but I think the same thing with, you know, the March Madness being a first or second round tournament site. I mean, it'd be different if we were for the national championship. But first or second round, it just doesn't make sense for us to be a site. We'll, from a, a purely selfish Las Vegas perspective, we've got more people coming here to watch than to actually go to those events. So I, I get where Adam's coming from. Aces play last night. Aces win last night. Darren Waller really seems to love these games. I saw an interview with him, and he just wants to support the Aces. Um, Willie Ramirez caught up with him. Willie said, chopped it up with Raiders tight end Darren Waller after tonight's game. He assured me he's feeling okay and will be fine. What does that mean? So yesterday, when I was looking at the list of players that did not practice for the Raiders, Alex Bars, Brandon Parker, well, I mean, he might be hurt. Nick Bowers, Cleef Furl, Devon Diablo, Rock Asin, Darren Waller. You know, I was thinking to myself, I haven't been able to get out to Raiders camp. It just hasn't worked out schedule-wise. I've been at UNLV football camp a whole bunch. I saw Waller going through drills and practicing, but I think the last time I was out there was like, I don't know, July 30th, maybe August 1st. Why is Willie asking... Waller, if he's all right. Has he been practicing? July, he didn't practice yesterday. July 30th was his last practice. Oh, really? 
right around the time that I had heard from some decent sources that a deal was close. That his extension was close? Yeah. Okay. That's all. I mean, you can connect the dots how you want, listeners. It sounded like a deal was close. Yeah. And he hasn't practiced since. Okay. Would you, I mean, it's early in the week still, middle of the week. Would you say 0% chance, 25% chance he plays? He's got to practice first, right? Before he, he could play in a preseason game. I wouldn't think he would play anyway. I don't think okay. Carr will. I, so I don't think he'll, I don't think he would practice. Excuse me. I don't think he would play whether he practices or not. They're going to do a quarter with some of the ones in game three. Maybe, although this is, it's a different, we, we have that in our mind. And I know you say the same thing that I did, like game three, which is now game two because they had game zero. Right. I was just calling that game one. So are we going zero? Yeah, zero, one, two, three, because all okay. the other teams only have one, two, three. Okay. So two, I guess, is the old three, but three. So if you remember, game four used to be nine days before the start of the season. Now game three, which is game four. It's two weeks before the start of the season. So their last preseason game is two weeks out instead of nine days out. So I think that does change a little bit. And the fact there's only three instead of four or four for some teams like the Raiders. Hopefully you're not totally lost, but it is a different, it's a different scenario in terms of what we we used to know as kids. No, at no action in game one, a little bit in game two, game three is a dress rehearsal. Nobody plays game four, but the schedule is all thrown off now. Are we all in agreement without a deal? It does make it challenging for someone to play. Yeah. Without that extension in place. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying that that's what he's doing. He could have got hurt July 30th. Right. But it sounded like they were close and he hasn't practiced since. And he says he's going to be fine. A lot of things kind of add up, but he hasn't said that. The team hasn't said it. His agents haven't said it. Right now, we just know he's not practicing. Well, and if they're close, I mean, they could be that the team says. Don't practice, yeah. right? And, and not be a, like a you know quote unquote holdout situation. It's hold like, in. hey, we're closed. Just hold on. Hold in. Hold in. It's the new. It's the new holdout. <laughs> okay, yeah. we're holding, um, <laughs> and, and we're just ironing out some details. Just don't practice. Let's get through this. Let's let's get the pen to paper and then go ahead. I will. I will say, if he is hurt, there does not seem to be any sort of concern. Okay. If, if he's hurt, it's a very very short term issue, and I wouldn't be worried about. It. All right. He should be up there doing up downs though, at a minimum. <laughs> let's let's get to. Hard Knocks last night. That was insane. Justin is saying he's never watched Hard Knocks before. You are coming into a hornet's nest. He's not the only one, by the way. What? Somebody else you're going to be shocked by? Okay, tell Shocked me. by. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me on the way back. Because, man, I got so freaking fired up last night. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000, with your questions today. What are we? What makes us what we are and what we're going to be. I think it's that right there. In a nutshell, I think it means this. We'll go a little bit longer. We'll push a little harder. And we'll think a little deeper and a little sharper. We'll play anywhere. We'll play on grass. We'll play in turf. We'll go to a landfill. doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes. I will beat your ass. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas Legal Insider, Justin Watkins, to lay down the law. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Dan Campbell had so many speeches last night on Hard Knocks, I think I missed a lot of the stuff he said. I thought when he was talking about uh, one ass cheek and three toes that it was the lion's limitation, but he actually said, uh, like, basically no mercy. 
Like, if you're limited and you only have one butt cheek, I'll still beat you up. Funny, I thought the same thing in the moment. <laughs> I, thought, yeah. I thought it was like, even if we only have that, we could still beat you, but yeah. maybe he's just not I think the most he is, I think he did mean that. I okay. think he I meant think, to say I, that. I still think he, I think he actually said it, too. I don't care if you, right. you in the room. We'll still beat your. Yeah. We'll I, I, still he, beat your. He just used you twice, okay. once for actual you in the room and once for the you that they're going to beat, I think. So this is a hell of a coming, this is a hell of a coming out party for Justin Watkins to watch Hard Knocks for the first time. I'm shocked as a former high school athlete, pretty good wrestler, high level wrestler, that you wouldn't be into Hard Knocks. You just never carved out the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I you guys know I'm not much of a TV guy. I, I you got me on some shows from time to time over the years, but now my kids are older. You got middle schooler. You know, I, I I've watched a lot of shows. I watch all of Stranger Things with my kids now, and so the world's opened up to me a little bit. And like I said, you guys got. So I was looking for the next thing to watch, and and you guys, I just was listening when I was driving around yesterday, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll watch it. And I don't care about the Lions, so it's a good opportunity for me because I don't have any preconceived opinions about them. I don't care one way or the other. All right. So impressions. I Campbell's the kind of guy I'd want to play for. <laughs> Like that, that much. He seems cerebral, but also like he's going to get in the trenches with you. I, I, that speech is not the one that got me. The speech that I liked is when he's like, believe me, you have to trust me (laughs) that what I'm trying to do is best for you to put you in the best position. Cause I believed him in that moment. Like I believed that he is the kind of guy that's going to do everything he can for his players and for the team to win even if it's not the best thing for him individually versus somebody who's trying to save their job is going to say they're going to do the best for the players, but they're really just about longevity. I don't, I don't think he care. I don't think he's coaching for longevity necessarily. No. He's coaching for the moment. And that's the kind of guy I'd, I'd want to play for Adam. Uh, yeah. What, first of all, it just made me think, do you remember what's his drink? Do you remember? He has some crazy drink that he drinks every day. They're gonna. They'll definitely bring that out. Now, I know so too, but I can't remember. He's what it got is. like some kind of triple large <laughs> yeah. coffee from Starbucks. Yeah. That's like it's insane amount of caffeine. It's insane. So I, I was thinking of that as, as I was watching it because I was just like, what is this guy drinking to give these speeches every day? But I think yeah, to Justin's point, that speech that he's talking about, you can see the the raw emotion in Campbell, like just just the raw, like this is how bad I want it. He's screaming, but he's crying. Yeah. It's amazing. So I, I I did like that part of it, and then certainly I like I love what I loved about learning about Campbell more than just watching him and giving the speeches because we know his speeches and we know what he's going to be like on the show as a character. But what I what I enjoyed was the coaches that are coaching for him who were saying, "Look, I when I was going to go into coaching and I, and I, they said, oh, you're going to be a linebackers coach. Oh, I better go.'" Get my hair cut like a like a professional and go do this and dress like a professional. And he goes, no, 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 I'm not hiring the what you think a coach is supposed to be. I'm hiring you as a coach. I want you to be you. And I I, I like that part that he he kind of gravitates to. I just I'm I'm not hiring this ideal standard of something. I'm hiring individual people. I I totally agree with you. I I thought the the interaction with his coaches and the interaction along the coaches amongst themselves. You know, Deuce Staley and Glenn oh. going at it during the it's little nuts. scrimmage. I loved that part. I loved that part. I Again, there, I think there's some – I don't know what past shows were like. I don't know if they have a story arc intended with them, and I don't know if there's some bad guys and good guys or if it's all a feel-good promotional shot or not. 
But my first impression of those coaches and Coach Campbell himself is like authentic. I got I didn't get the sense that they were playing up a story <laughs> no. or trying to be somebody they weren't. I had the feeling that they were being who they are, and I liked who they were. Like I, you know, if I was a Lions fan, I whether or not you guys win this year or not, I would be excited about the future with that kind of group in place. And it was, by the way, two two large coffees with four espresso shots before he goes to work in the morning. So who knows what he's even drinking at work? That's awesome. You want to tell the audience about the updowns? Well, he had the team doing them, and he he made the team you know obviously do updowns before they started their practice, and he did them. But he, not that he just did them. Did them, kept up with them pretty well, and did it after falling down in his house because he got tripped by his dogs with what he believed was a broken wrist, although the doctor had said it wasn't broken. He still did them. No, no, no. He he didn't trip on his dogs. He was stepping over the dog fence, and he was oh, going to step on his dog. Right, right. That's what I mean. Yeah. And, and yeah. so he like he, yeah, tried to avoid him. Yeah, so he just ate it. Intentionally, so he wouldn't partially step on his dogs. He yes. took it for the team. He and just, it, it may have been right after he had his morning coffee, which, by the way, is the equivalent of 10 Red Bulls. Oh wow. My yes. God. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's he's 46, and he got up with the wrist and, and untaped it. Yeah. I'm like, I swear they did like 30 up-downs. Yeah. They, they, did like, exactly did, 30. they did exactly 30. They did 30? Yeah, they did exactly okay, 30. I was, count, yeah, I was, I was trying counting. to count, yep. and I'm like, when is this going to end? He's a lunatic. The guy's 46 years old. And he's not, he's not like some former wide receiver where he's 180 pounds. He's probably 270 pounds. He's super fit, he's though. Jacked. Like, when, when they were doing the up-downs, I, you know, I was like, oh, this would be cool. But, frankly, from what I perceive his physicality to be, I was uh-huh. like, 30 should be easy. Like, he's jacked. I mean, he's fit. And so, he, I thought he handled it pretty easily. I mean, pace-wise, he was the last one, but just barely. I mean, we're one episode in, but he's definitely the best head coach that's done it, right? Like the the best TV character, Rex I mean, Ryan was. Rex Ryan was very good with uh, let's get the G damn snacks. Gruden was good too, but I, I think Gruden was playing a lot to the camera. The most dramatic one, I there's been a lot of dramatic ones. I thought the most dramatic one was uh, Hugh Jackson with Todd Haley because you couldn't you could you could see how much disrespect and hate there was between the coach and the OC. Like every yeah. meeting, you were like, whoa. And that relationship didn't last the season. It if did I remember. not. We called that. We're like, there's no way <laughs> yes. this works. McCarthy, I mean, McCart was McCarthy last year. It stunk. Yeah. That was rock bottom. He was so bad. <laughs> it was. And and uh, it wouldn't let the cameras in for a lot of the stuff. Yeah, Joe Philbin sucked. He they did a Dolphins year. Oh, unbelievable. But nobody touches Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher. <laughs> Jeff Fisher delivered on just being in just an utter bore. <laughs> just just his whole. I'm gonna stop. Do they? I want to get too mean. Do geez. they follow a story arc, or do they create like a heel? Do they? Do they? If, will they allow More people heroes. to be bad people if they are bad if people? If they are, but there's not. Antonio Brown is like really the only yeah. one that ever won. <laughs> he, he handled them the material. No, they're gonna set up. They're gonna set you up with like four guys who are gonna be on the the edge of making the team. I mean, Adam and I actually thought. Well, I'll let you say it. I think there is a bad guy who was revealed, unveiled already last night. Last night? Yes. Hmm. For me, yes. Okay. I didn't like him. I didn't like him playing college. I think he's an oh, ass. Hutchinson? I think Hutchinson yeah. is just a putz. I lo- he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's Silver Spoon in the mouth kid because his dad played in the NFL, so he's super rich. I would say, then, I would say his, he's, his interaction a, with the Memphis kid he's, was yeah, he's yeah, pretty he's in, the, he's in the yeah. freaking tub, and he's like, how many times are you going to say Memphis sucks, bro? Yeah. Enough. And honestly, 
Come up with a better song or get some backing music on a phone. Billy Jean, he sucked. Oh, but he got the crowd. Got That's the all crowd. that matters. Yeah, I agree. The crowd. You're, was, you're looking. Made it. Yep. You're looking at this through your hatred of Michigan because of the yep. Big Ten rival. Can't dance. Sure. He didn't. Okay. He didn't crush the kid Rodriguez could dance. Well, that's, that's what he did. He, did, so he, did. he didn't sing. All he did was dance. He didn't need to. He was so good at dancing. I no, he was not. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Good. Hutchinson, okay, easy. Trust me, Hutchinson in the NFL, if he's somewhat productive, is going to be a villain because he's one of these guys who's a big hothead, and he has a lot of extracurricular stuff that he does after plays. So when he got chipped in practice, that's going to happen all the time. Well, I think that's all why they did it though. The time they, like, they better teach it. him. Yeah. Well, well, I watched him get chipped in college. More than a few times. Because he's one of these guys, after every play, you know, the, the, the running back gets up, the ball's in his hand, he's like trying to knock the ball out. Like, bruh. You should. The play, no, 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 no. You never no, know. The refs not, are terrible. Not in the NFL. You do that You do that in the NFL. You do the extra stuff in the NFL long enough. Okay. Well, isn't this the, isn't this the debate we had about Bryce Harper and you you loved it? It's different, different sport. It's, it's different, but it, it's it's, it's what even translates. less acceptable in, yeah. in baseball. It's and, and less the, for those that didn't keep up with what we're talking about here. When Bryce Harper was in high school and college, he would it was a ground ball to first, easy out. He would run a million miles an hour to first base, and the major league guys were like, "Cut that out, bro. We don't do that at the major league level. Stop it." Yeah, you're gonna show up your Stop teammates. It. I love you. Got to love unwritten rules of baseball. You got to try hard, but don't go too much. <laughs> right. But that, but at the time, you definitely defended that part of it. I loved it, and you said, "I love that." That's what Hutchinson is doing. No, no, because th- there's a difference between swiping at someone's arm or trying to fight after every play versus <laughs> running through the bag, or or flipping yourself on a throw from the outfield, or running the second on an infi- infield fly, <laughs> which I loved. Because because you know, one of every hundred, someone's going to drop it. It's a triple. One of every thousand. <laughs> no, what if, they're not dropping. We're not believing. We are not going to. 1%. We are not going to agree on Aiden Hutchinson. <laughs> Yeah, he I don't. Irks I, me. Adam loves him because he's. No, a if he was guy. an Ohio State guy, I would hate him. There's no question. And that uh, conversation with the with the Memphis kid it was annoying. Which I think might have been what, a little what, bit what, so elitist. I think it was a little bit lost in in culture. Yeah, like I think Hutchinson was kind of bust him a little bit, and the kid was like, "It was my best option. I really like the coaches." And he was like so innocent and sweet, and Hutchinson's trying to bust him a little bit, but he just can't because yeah, he's a buffoon because he, he can't really read the room because he can't read the room. That's pro- that might be fair. Yeah. That's that's fine. But I, I could see Hutchinson could potentially be a villain. Villain. But he's such a hometown hero from Michigan to Detroit. Now for the rest of the country, the for the rest of the country, you watch as the show goes along. Uh, well, I think sure. I could be a good arbiter of whether or not he's the hero or the villain. And for a second there, he's starting to tell this story about what Hutchinson does. And I thought he was going to come over and do a swim move on me. Can <laughs> you imagine I get so freaking worked up over Yeah, you usually you see him in, in your studio where he's back behind the counter. And here, wow. he's all over the place. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000 with your questions today. I think that the Browns right now are conducting themselves as if the six-game suspension is going to stand. Preseason play, maybe the only play he's getting for some time in terms of real football action, and they probably feel like that's necessary in case we do see him at some point this season. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to present the facts. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, let's get into the latest on the Deshaun Watson story, and we'll uh, close out by talking about Marshawn Lynch locally, the arrest yesterday down near the Strat, Naked City area. Justin Watkins in studio. So that was Amber Wilson on the way back. She's an attorney out of South Florida, and she's 
doing a lot of fill-in on uh, Carlin and Canty. And I know her and Sarah Spain are very, very vested in the story. So is Mina Kimes. So I'm going to say again, I'm not here trying to defend Deshaun Watson. I'm very much into this process. Mm-hmm. And this process is something we've examined with the NFL when they were judge, jury, and executioner. And they're trying to fix this. And it applies to cases. Maybe we'll have some time today to get a little more on John Gruden. It applies to a lot of cases over the course of time. And I just, this one seems weird to me. So the NFL appeals Judge Sue Robinson's decision. The NFL has in independent arbitrator who's going to look at the appeal who they pay. And then Roger Goodell, before the decision comes down yesterday, I think makes prejudicial comments, but this isn't a court of law. Mm -hmm. So where this is going right now, it's a, it's a bizarro process. No. First thing I would do if, if I'm Deshaun Watson's attorneys is I'd file a motion to dismiss the appeal, say that Goodell's comments to the press were prejudicial that even though he's not going to be the arbitrator to hear the issue, he is the one who has designated the the arbitrator to hear the issue, and he is clearly biased. He's given comments before the process has played itself out, and one you know it's it's nearly impossible to get an arbitration award overturned when you actually go into a real court of law. None of this is real, right? This is all a collectively bargained for process where they create their own rules and they can make those rules as loose or as strict as they want to be because they haven't created a separate rules of civil procedure or arbitration procedure. They have like a general guideline. When you go into real court and say, whoa, 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 yeah, we collectively bargained for that arbitration process, but I still want you, court, to step in and overturn that or vacate that. In order to get that, it your success rate is below 5% to get the, a, a court to, to do it. But one of the basis for it is bias. And why Roger Goodell thought it was appropriate to answer that question in that way, I have no idea. But from my perspective, it was a clear mistake. It was a mistake that could come back. And if you're cheering for the NFL to get more stringent penalties, it could seriously hamper their ability to get what they want. I mean, I think I have an idea. Yeah. Uh, you, you pointed out it was incredibly stupid of him to say and obviously a violation of the whole procedure. I right away saw that. Steve right away saw that. It doesn't take a genius to realize that. And Roger Goodell is not an idiot. He's a lawyer. He's, he's doing, not a lawyer. He's, he's the not? first commissioner who's not a lawyer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, he understands yeah. at least a lot of these processes. I right away, like I saw it and said, this is this is gonna dismiss the whole thing. And then I said, that's what he wants, right? No way. It's then he can go and say, look, we're not gonna it got thrown out. We fought this. We wanted to get a year. But hey, <laughs> they threw this out on process. What are we gonna do? But if the process is because you're an idiot, that no way. No way. I said he needed to get a full year. That's what I was saying. And I really wanted to come after him. No, I mean, I would have a hard time believing that anything based on what Goodell has done up to this point leads me to think he's willing to have egg on his face in order to achieve some result. He's never shown that. And like, okay, if you want to say they're playing some 4D chess, but... <laughs> I would say, lawyer, you're going to say that. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. That's what I'm paying you to do. So you say that and, and, and blow it up that way. But let's also not forget, 
Like when, when I say that this was a mistake and it shows bias, it's even beyond that because there's a gag order in place, right? They were told both parties at the beginning, you will not discuss this outside of the arbitration process. Now, technically the arbitration process has ended and the appeal process has, has begun. And you could argue that statements in between those two, but clearly it spits in the face of what the intent of that procedure is meant to be, which is, all comments from either side of this will be made within the process and not outside into the media. Justin Watkins, ESPN Las Vegas Legal Insider, Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000 is the number. So we had an arrest yesterday here in town, former Raider Marshawn Lynch in trouble. This is a long string now of NFL or former NFL players who've had issues here in Vegas. Ah, oh, Vegas! Uh, we don't know exactly what happened. We do know these details that he was arrested yesterday morning. His car was a mess. Left rear tire was flat. Front left tire was down to the freaking rim. Just awful. Um, I still don't know if he was sitting in his car. What do you know, Adam? Was he sitting in his car and he got pulled out by Metro? Was he sitting on the sidewalk? It wasn't very clear as to what was going on here. Yeah. I'm not clear on that either. Um, You're right. The the details of the car. I, the one question we said yesterday, can, has anybody ever just been convicted off of a mugshot? Oh, that's what I was, uh, you know, it was so funny. I was going to say all that, all the things you are going to be said is less damaging than the mugshot <laughs> itself. Like he's under the influence of something. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but man, he's under the influence of something. I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, you know, can there be potential defenses if he was not inside his car and he's out on the sidewalk? Um, depending on what he said to the police, obviously, if he said, you know, hey, I was a passenger in the car. My friend went to go get help. I'm just waiting around. I don't know what's going on, you know, uh, versus if they catch him behind the wheel, even if the car's not going, you're stuck. You're right. you're done. You're done for then. Um, but I mean, not, not, not 100 percent, but it's going to be a very tough hill to climb. If he's not inside the car when they first come up to him and he doesn't make any statements, it could be a little bit different. Adam, leaving Strip Club, leaving Resorts World, leaving somewhere off the Strip? My thought was Resorts World because the the exit is back on Industrial, and you can just go back straight up Industrial mm-hmm. to where that area that he was. But that's complete. I mean, also, there's a Strip Club right there also. So, I mean, it's the same thing. Uh, and he's about six blocks north of that, I guess. Um, we might just be good getting good Mexican food. It's right there at that time. Anytime is the right time for some Mexican food. Well, it's interesting. He clearly hit something to, to destroy the tires. Um, but on the left side, it's kind of interesting, right? Yep. If you're driving down the right side of the road, maybe ran over something, leaving a parking lot. I don't know. There's a couple Um, one way streets down there. Okay. Um, I would take a wild guess that there, maybe there was a strip club involved, but I I have no idea. I don't know. Um, some rumors. Well, I think the other the other thing that's going to be interesting is if he do we have an attorney yet? We got you in here, but does he do, has he picked an attorney? Oh, we can guess. Yeah, okay, I mean, It'll be uh, one of three people. I mean, David Chesnoff's been the you know the popular choice with with uh, certainly with rugs. Um, yeah, I wonder what he's going to come up with. I wonder what he's going to come up with. I mean, it, it all depends on what the facts are, right? I mean, yeah. if if when they encountered him, he made all kinds of statements against interest, meaning he said, yeah, I was driving, and I didn't mean to hit some that, but I did. Sorry. Well, well, he stuck with that, right? He stuck with that. But if he didn't say anything, and they arrested him on suspicion, 
Um, and he still hasn't said anything, and he's retained an attorney, and he was not in the vehicle, or at least not behind the wheel at the time that they encountered him. Well, it might not be such an open and closed door. And, and if he didn't agree to, uh, you know, breathalyzer or any of that stuff at the scene, what 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 rights do they have? Like from there, oh, yeah. could, they, could they draw blood? Yeah, they okay. can subpoena and get a court order for blood. Yep. Okay. If if he was to say, if he was sitting on the side and said. What you, the thing that you just said? Hey, I was I was a passenger. My friend was driving. He went to get help. I don't know where he is. Yep. Do you ever have to say who that person was? You don't have to say anything. You shouldn't say anything. But I mean, like when like, it comes no. to court, like who was the person you were waiting for? I don't know. You don't have to say anything. Fifth, you're right. You That's have true. your Fifth Amendment rights. You don't have to say anything. So that applies from Marshawn Lynch. To the president of the, or former president of the United States, we all have Fifth Amendment rights. You know, it's interesting on the other side too. When you're dealing with a celebrity, yep. the kind of the way you have to operate, for sure. Right, you got to cross T's and dot I's for sure. You have to play it all by the book because you can have a lot of celebrities who are like, "Hey, maybe I was mishandled. They didn't." And and you know, we've talked about, especially if it's Chesnoff. I mean, he's he's top notch. He's he's come up with some pretty interesting things, and some of the defense efforts. With rugs were creative. Yeah, he's a listener of the show too. One time he called me oh, afterwards. Right? He's like, "Hey, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about my cases, call me and I'll tell you about the the details." And I was like, eh, "Well, <laughs> I don't call the other side we, either." So. <laughs> <laughs> I'd so rather be less. This educated. is this is very early on. Yeah, it's very early on, and we don't have details. You yep, know, a totally. whole lot of details details from either side. Yep. Want to stick around for five more? Sure. We got a couple minutes. Sure. On the way back. Uh, let's talk about the legality. Well, let's talk about a legal case involving Liv and the PGA. And there's also a lot of uh, news beyond that with a British Open champion being signed away by Liv. And then Adam's been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks that this whole Liv thing is just, it's a big game. Like, it's not really a, a real golf league. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000 with your questions today. This is why we're doing the drill. This is mental work, man. We're not even locked in. It's bullshit, man. It's the whole point of this day. Hanging at the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Hard Knocks, Episode 1, Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell, he's a lunatic. Uh, that said, that little portion right there is not unusual for football. It might not be like as loud or from a guy who's 6'7", 270, but... Most coaches do that because you know, Adam and I were talking yesterday. At some point, like 10 days into camp, players are like, and I'm not bad-mouthing the players because like, we would all do the same thing. You're like, oh, my God, this is, you know, but the coaches have to get on them. So I I've, I see coaches do that all the time. You know, you, you see McDaniels yell, right? I mean, it's out of distance, but you, know, you come out like we're here to work. But I'm not going to go down this path. So you know where I'm going. I well, say this every year. They also, talked about We've talked about this. Like, I, I so want – this radio show, the radio station, this whole place to operate like that. Steve wants to be Dan Campbell. No, I don't want to be Dan Campbell. You do. I want us all to be able to speak honestly and like there's no excuses. There's no woe is us. There's no, hey, today's not the day. Like, let's go. Got one butt like, cheek I, and three it's fingers. Time to work. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I know you well, I don't think you you're you're a nice guy. You don't want to be a boss like that. No, I don't. No. <laughs> I don't want to live that way. No, no, no. no. But I mean Did you have wrestling to- coaches who did that though? I mean, I would think wrestling coaches are as tough or tougher than football coaches. No, that, is not, that is not my experience. Um, wrestling are you coach, Vision Quest. Yes, <laughs> it, that that's not my experience. No, um, no it, wrestling practice is 
a lot of technical stuff, right? It's a lot of drilling, uh, and then it's and then it's go time. And every wrestling coach I ever had was always, you know, younger than I am now, and they're in the room banging. Okay. So like, you know, if you're messing up, they pick you. <laughs> if yeah. if you're if 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 you're not putting in the effort. You get them now, right? And, so and you don't it, have to yell at them. You just go them up. Yeah, there's no yelling. The the right. only time I can ever think of like yelling and stuff like that is like on group conditioning, and I just not like that. It's okay. it's not like football. It's not like training camp. It's not like, a, you know, you need the motivation sometimes when you're trying to lose weight. When you're trying, but the sports changed in that way. It's not the same. Um, but back in when I was doing it, that that's the only time people got fired up was try to keep you motivated when you were you were done for. Justin Watkins, our legal insiders in here with us. All right, Adam, explain to the audience and uh, Justin this case with uh, three live golfers wanted to challenge the PGA on exclusion from the PGA Championship. Yeah, they wanted to get back in. Well, they want to get back into the playoffs. The playoffs start this week uh, with the FedEx playoffs where they cut down from 130 all the way down to 30 and then the crown the winner. They wanted to play in it. The PGA is saying, no, you're suspended. You made your choice. You're out. They tried to get an injunction from the court. They did not. So they're not able to get into this. And uh, one of the things the court said was, you're not being damaged. You're going to make more money. So how are you getting damaged by this? So that is something you always have to prove is what is your damage, right? Yeah. Well, and their basis for it is they're trying two different bases. One is like PGA is a monopoly. And it's like, <laughs> clearly not. You got a pay raise <laughs> right. for leaving. So there's not the monopoly. So pay matters there. And then two, kind of coercive terms of the contract, right? Unconscionable terms of the contract, which is I didn't have the ability when I signed my deal with the PGA to actually negotiate this because there's no other viable option. And viability matters. And what's viable mean? Can you make a living doing it? And again, the court's going to be like, what are you talking? This is an easy ruling for the court. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they got lawyers to tell them that they should do this, number one, it's bad PR. And number two, the, the, the potential for winning this sort of injunction is less than 5%. I mean, it's such a low percentage winnable argument to make that I don't know why they thought that this was a good idea because they look like fools. And now from a legal perspective, there's this precedent that they don't really have anywhere to go from here. Um, but when I first looked at them, like easy, easy I'm, no from a judge. I'm actually surprised, and I guess not because there's actually not real leadership, but I'm surprised Liv allowed the golfers to go through with this because they're the ones that end up looking insane, kind of, because their contract is now out. It came out as part of the part of the court proceedings. I think their contract looks smart because if there's anybody who's now got them, depending on what the outs are, I mean, these guys just signed themselves up to indentured servitude. You know, you you paid me $100 million, but now I have to make $100 million in my career yeah. to offset that. How long is it going to take me to make $100 million? It might be 20 years. <laughs> like, I, I'm now stuck with your organization until I pay that back. Right, so unless I saved all that money and didn't spend a dime of it, I'm in a, I'm stuck with you, and that's man. If you want to talk about unconscionable terms of contracts, that's where things start getting close. Which is, I give you a bunch of money now, and you're stuck working for me forever. And that, and there's going to be some that are, that are in that in that boat. Five seven zero nine thousand. Right. That's it. That's the phone number. That's the phone number. Okay. Battleborn injury lawyers. If you need help, you need advice. By the way, we only have like 15 seconds left. I do need to get with you 
about my car insurance. Yes, sir. So I know you had that promotion a while ago. I need yep. you to look at my car insurance because I it's getting to the point where it's so high. I'm like, wait a second. What's happening here? What do I really have? So it's one of those things that uh, Battleborn can do for you. 5709000. Thank you, Justin. Thanks, guys.